This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, this week, this is going to be an awesome one. So, uh, probably will be a lot of sarcasm just knowing the way john shookman and i uh interact and converse and encourage (laughs) each other so oh man so john is somebody that i met through uh vincent's mastermind he is very very high energy uh totally keeps you on your toes he and i are just off on all different directions talking about stuff we rabbit trail but Oh my gosh, man. When you have somebody who you can talk to and just know that you're going to get things said in a caring way, but yet the honest, you know, truth, and that's invaluable. And that's why I encourage you guys to get in a community and have these kind of relationships because I can say something and John will come back and go, that's, that's not right, Forrester. <laughs> so, but, uh, this week I have John shookman with me uh john is a a realtor has an absolutely amazing story so i'm looking forward to diving in with him on and sharing it with you so uh john how are you doing today my friend mike i am doing so well thank you so much it's an honor to be on your show and i'm just uh super proud of you and all the stuff you're doing with your show and so thanks so much for uh, letting me be a part of it today uh my my honor my friend i appreciate it well Dude, if we can, could we start out with where you are today on the business side of life? What does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, again, thank you so much. So I'm a realtor here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, so in Amish country and uh, basically do that full time. And now I've kind of built out a lot of things through that. Um, we, you know, I'm I'm in Vincent's mastermind and we're in the Total Life Freedom community together. And so Vincent talks a lot about um, you know, building out things and helping people and, you know, growing what you're doing, not just for you, but like to help and encourage others. And so, um, so yeah, I do real estate full time here, but also have built out a podcast and the podcast is growing a lot, which is awesome to, um, so my show, the real estate survival guide was basically created really, you know, and I love the avatar that you speak to because so similar, right? My avatar is basically me two or three years ago, right? Like me Mm -hmm. losing jobs, not able to keep a job. Um, and how do you basically survive in the real estate business? Um, 80% of realtors are out of the business in, um, two years and 87% of realtors are out of the business in five years. So basically the failure rate is 90%. And so I said, okay, how can I help people? How can I make a difference here? Um, and so that's when I started the show. Um, I, uh, in, in, uh, July, I started a membership community for realtors that has been growing and it launches publicly in September and super excited about that. I just, I often think about the words legacy, right? I don't just want to make money selling houses and go die, right? 
Um, I want to uh, give back, help others, um, just be a part of helping people change and grow and develop. And so real estate has been an amazing way I can do that for my clients. And now through the podcast and membership community and blog and all the things I'm doing with the Real Estate Survival Guide, I get to also do that for realtors as well. So it's been a huge blessing for our family. Um, Business has grown and I'm so thankful for how God has blessed what I'm doing and continues to bless our family. Um, and so that's where I'm at. And it's it's been pretty, it's been a really crazy, but amazing journey to be on for the past few years. Yeah, it's it's been stellar. And I haven't gone through the whole journey with you, but it's like in how you've shared the journey with me, I'm just like, man, that's one of buckle up and <laughs> off we go. So um, how how does it look like uh, for you right now on the personal side of life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's so funny. I, I think for so long, um, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording the episode. For so long, I was going from W two job to W two job to W two. Um, I mean, even two years ago to this day, um, I really I only had two deals under my belt in real estate. Um, and so, even thinking back to that, I remember being so broke that we were like, we're going to lose our house. And we asked <laughs> my in-laws if we could move in with them, which was super embarrassing and humbling. Um, it didn't work out because you know of the situation they were in. They were actually renting, so they didn't feel right about having other people in with them. Uh, but anyway, two years later, <laughs> less than two years later, um, we had paid off uh, $70,000 um, in debt. Um, and we had, so, so we did that and then we paid off our house, which we owed 160,000 on. So basically paid off $220,000 in debt in a couple of years. Um, and so things are great, man. I mean, we have two kids, two young kids. So one's about to turn three and one's a year and a half. So I I'm not going to lie. Life is crazy. And life is like a circus every day in our home. Um, but it's a lot of fun and and a lot of joy in and tears sometimes right in all of that it's been really cool um our dream was always you know when i talked to my wife about her dream her dream was never live in a mansion or you know make a billion dollars or anything like that when i remember talking to her a few years ago and it was three simple dreams um and she said i want to be a stay-at-home mom I want to be debt free and then I want to pay off our house, right? So pay off our consumer debt, student loans, car, et cetera. Um, and so we did it, right? In a couple of years, you know, she was able to, um, our son was born. She wasn't able to stay home at that time. So that, you know, um, but then when our daughter was born, um, so what would that, I guess, you know, March of uh, 2020, um, she, sorry, March of 2021, um, she was then able to stay home after that. And so um, it, so that was goal two, right? And then um, we, so we stayed, was it, so she was able to stay home. We had paid off our debt by the time our son had turned one that, so the previous September. Um, and then goal three was pay off the house. And so again, even in the craziness and the circus we deal with every day, um, the freedom that we've created now with not having a mortgage payment coming out, um, has really been, it's been really cool and really special to kind of have that freedom and have, and in, and in, 
in an income like mine, where you know some months I make thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and some months I make zero, <laughs> right? It it's it's the stress that is gone now because hey, we there's no stress because you know our house is paid off. I think has produced a lot of like freedom, and it's like a big weight lifted off our back. So yeah, things are good. They're nuts, but you know we're super blessed and thankful. Yeah, and I'm I'm like I remember you announcing hey you know we've paid off the house which is super amazing so congratulations and uh so thank you so much yeah totally so before we jump into like your story on there something that i didn't get before and i want to kind of ask you this is like i would not have asked my wife before like what her dreams were because it would have been intimidating you know so um like how did you get to a place where it's like you're like hey honey what are your dreams what does this look like you know how did that come about yeah man wow that's a great question i've never really thought about it that way um i think the biggest thing um to answer the question is i'm really good at doing stupid right so i always had (laughs) i always had the latest and greatest iphone um and car and iPad, right? I'm on all my Apple stuff here, but life looks a little different now. Um, I always had to have the latest and the greatest. And so when I met my wife, um, I had just bought a new car, probably because I crashed another one. I, I wasn't the most responsible person in the world. Um, and so I had credit card debt, student loan debt, a car loan, and she never had any of that, right? So she's basically been debt-free whole, all her life until she met this schmuck. <laughs> um, and so so I think the biggest thing was realizing, one, I'm not great with money. Um, and so, like, right, I had to, part of, like, us coming together as one when we got married was understanding, like, you can't keep doing finances like this, bro, right? Like, that was the come-to-Jesus moment I had to have with myself. Like, you can't keep doing this. Um, and then as we like thought about it, even when we started renting an apartment, I'm I'm spending all this money, eating out all this stuff, realizing like the way you spend, you're never going to have anything. Right. And so then she was the one really who said we should do Financial Peace University, the Dave Ramsey program. Um, and we did it. And but she was so patient. She didn't force it down my throat or beat me over the stick or cut up my credit cards Right. She just kind of like talked to me about it, prayed about it, (laughs) prayed a lot, I'm sure, like that I would come around. Right. And then she just kind of let me be. And eventually I was like, we have no money. Well, that's because we're eating out all the time. So I think I'm giving I'm giving a long explanation. I I think what, what I'm trying to say is I realized that, like, I had to do different. Right. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I realized if. Uh, again, that word legacy, if I ever wanted to leave a legacy for my kids, if I ever wanted them to know anything, learn anything, all those, right? I had to do different with money, right? So I think that's, so So all that, it was like, hey, you're the one who's like wise with money. You're the one who's like actually realistic about dreams and goals, right? Um, what do, What do you really want out of this, right? The biggest thing for her was always be a stay-at-home mom right? Okay, well, then financially, you've got to do something different if you want that to happen. So, 
Yeah, I think I know that's a long answer, but I but I think that was kind of it realizing like I'm not good at this stuff. I often in, you know, real estate coaching, I talk to people about aces in their places. Go w- do what you're good at, right? So I'm not good at budgeting or finances, so I don't control that. I let her. Um so, yeah, that's that was kind of where all that came from. So did you also have to do like kind of like a inner work to move beyond that to admit that stuff and kind of release it and change your ways or was it just a an easy mental shift and it's like hey this isn't working let's do something different um i no it's dude i love these questions because they're like this isn't surface level this is like deep like hey like what was your heart there like um so no seriously like i i love the questions um I, i think it just it took me time Right. Um, I, you know, I, I remember still two years ago, you know, this was struggling. Like I kind of said, asking family, I remember being like, we should go rent and her being like, that doesn't make any sense. And, and I was like, no, we should go rent because then we could sell our home and basically be debt free and have, you know, I think at the time we would have probably made $60,000, $70,000. I was thinking so short term she's thinking like, you don't understand, John, like you, if we sell our house right now, our mortgage was, oh geez, what? $1,100, $1,200 a month. She's like, we can't even, she's like, we can't even, uh, an apartment for us and our kids would be fourteen, fifteen hundred $1,500 a month. And so I think I'm the dreamer and the visionary. I think a lot of it is like trusting, hey, right, like I'm up here way up in the clouds. She's the like the grounded one. And so having to understand, like, you got to be realistic. You can't just you can't be so short sighted that you're like, well, we don't have money. Let's sell our house. I'm so glad I listened and said, don't do right. We would have burned through that seventy thousand dollars that we made in two years of rent. And then we would have had nothing for it. So I just think it's. um she was very patient. And I think that's a huge key for everyone here, right? If your spouse, coworker, your partner in a law firm with someone else, and you want them to do something like beating them over the head is probably not the solution, right? Um, it's probably a lot of like patience and like conversations and really trying to understand, right? Like when we, when we finally got on a budget, I think my biggest thing was always, I don't want to be restricted. I want to have have fun. Guess what? Dave Ramsey's plan does not say don't have fun. You just budget for that fun. And so if we get whatever it was, you know, $50, $100 a month for spending, which for some of you seems like a lot and some a little, well, guess what? (laughs) That's what you get. That's what you get. And so if you want to, and so I started to learn, okay, well, here's the money. If I want to spend it on July 1st, I can, but then there's nothing for July 30th, right? Or I can use it as it goes. So so I started to learn. And when people, you know, at work would be like, you want to go out to eat? I'd be like, hmm, yes. And then I'd look and be like, oh, no, it's the fourth of the month. Now I'll pass. You guys enjoy. Seriously. I, and I think I, I, I think that's everything, man. In finances, in business, it, it, everything that we all do is a trade-off, right? What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? You got to have the discipline to say yes and no. This is family. This is faith. This is business. Um so I could eat Jimmy John's. Oh, I love Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's was right next door. I could eat on the f- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the first week. And then I realized the money's gone. Or, mm. and then I realized, hey, 
if I don't spend the money, I get to roll it over to next month and I can buy big items instead of like, you know, ham sandwiches all day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I, I think a lot of it is the and delayed gratification, man. <laughs> I drive around a car still car is dense in it, car has scratches on it. Well, I'd love a new car, but I'm not doing it until I can pay buy it in cash and still have enough left, you know, for our bills and savings and everything else. So, yeah, I get it. I remember seeing Dave Ramsey in a magazine and I went and showed my wife. This is probably 15 years ago, maybe, maybe a little more. And I just was so incensed by the article reading what he believed and i was like oh my gosh honey look at this guy he's totally militant in the finances and she looks through it and she goes yeah i agree with him oh dude that set me off <laughs> right that just set me off and then it was like here wow. i'm gonna give me that magazine give me that magazine i'm gonna burn it never mind i didn't show you anything <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but it was just oh, it was a point where it was like i had to decide like okay am are my perspectives on finances skewed or do I want this contention? Because like you were talking about, I wasn't in a place where I was spending money. Um, you know, yeah. whether people agree with Dave Ramsey or they don't, I wasn't doing it wisely. And so it, it was just, wasn't a good thing for my marriage or the budget. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's I think ahead. too, man, I, I sorry. I, I do okay. think too, right. There's, Every, I I totally understand his system can be like polarizing for people, but I'll say that there's a lot of freedom. I don't care, right? Those of you listening to this, I don't care if you spend a thousand dollars a month or ten thousand or a million dollars a month if you have it. I really, my encouragement is get on the same page with your spouse, mm -hmm. right? My Valerie had to understand that. If I was ever going to do Dave Ramsey's plan, I had to start by like giving me spending money and saying, here's what you get to spend and don't start. You know, I still remember one of the conversations. She would have been fine with like twenty five dollars a month. And I'm like, I'll go back to Jimmy John's. I'm like, that's two Jimmy John sandwiches. Like, uh, that's not enough for me to. And so I think we started with a higher amount and all of it. So it was about hearing each other like. And then giving me the freedom. And I think the first month it might have been $200 and then $175, $150, $100. Because then I'm like, again, delayed gratification. I was like, no, I really don't need that sub. I brought lunch. I just want it. Um, And so I think, oh, man, uh, dude, it was such a godsend because when we got on the same page about money, I, I'm like, you know, we have disagreements and every couple does, but we don't have fights like we did. We just don't. We don't fight because every fight was about money. That's why I think what Dave teaches is really get on the same page, get on a budget and agree to it. Right. One's going to be the spender and one the saver. Usually just agree to it and show grace and show patience. So, yeah. And I think that's a big thing for everybody, every single couple. Yeah, it most definitely is, man. If you're on a different page there's going to be contention and strife. So find somebody and work from a budget. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's, let's jump back a few years here. Um, so you mentioned about, you know, being in your last uh, W2 position, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of some of the, the stuff that was going on there. What was going on at that time 
with that last position that you were in and how did that, how did things then change for you? Yeah. Well, I, I think if I could sum this up in a quote and I, I share this often, I need to figure out, I think it's Albert Einstein, but there's a quote that basically I think was attributed to Einstein that says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will go its whole life thinking it is stupid. And so I, I think the point is basically, right, we're all good at something. We've all been given gifts. I think every single person has like a God-given gift and ability. Mm-hmm. So I was in W-2 jobs. Um, so so all that to say, I, from the time I was 16 years old, I've always been in W-2 jobs, normally all revolving around sales in some capacity. For whatever reason, well, I'll, I know what it is, and I'll tell you in a second. I, I could never keep a job. Now, I wasn't stealing. I wasn't sleeping with anybody. I wasn't doing anything crazy, right? I just, there were a lot of personality clashes. There were a lot of um, really like me not, right? Like not being observant enough to realize, hey, they don't want you to do this or that. Um, I, I'll I'll share an example with you. Uh, you know, I spent years of my career in Chick-fil-A. Um, and so during that time, right? Like I was always trying to improve every job. I wanted to improve some jobs just do not right Um, on my podcast. Once I talked about like Sears and Boscov's and why they're going out of business failure to adapt. Right. And so I was the employee that didn't adapt to change. Um, So, but I was always, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. And so like, so Chick-fil-A 1230, I'm like on on a Saturday for lunch, right? We're pushing 200 cars out in an hour. And that's not an exaggeration, right? Every car is like 20 something seconds. Um, I'm like, oh, how can I improve this? How can I improve this? And they're thinking, you idiot, don't improve anything. Just get the food out the window at one o'clock. Improvement can be at five, you know, not dinner time. Uh, Improvement can be at three o'clock. Improvement can be at eight o'clock. Don't and and so that was a big struggle for me. I was always dreaming and being a visionary when, like, that's there's sometime it's just not, not time to be, you know, improving. It's just like survival and like getting the food out the window. Um, so I was always dreaming and a visionary in my last W 2 job in the banking world. Um, I <laughs> you know me, Mike, pretty well, and I'm not good at like a yes, sir. Right. I, I uh, almost joined the military when I was 18 and I'm glad I wouldn't cause I would have been discharged, but because I'm not good at people like saying, go do this and me being like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'll question things. Um, in my last W right at the bank, I still remember an assistant branch manager would email me and be like, can you email this person? And I'm thinking you just emailed me to tell me to send an email right? When you could have just done it. And so some of that stuff was like stupidity to me and I like had no tolerance for it. (laughs) Now there's a reason and I wasn't the boss, right? But that I was never good at just saying, yes, yes, I'll do what you say. And I think I should have in some ways just like respected their authority and done it. Um, But at times I, I really, you know, struggled with that. And so so for anyway those are two quick examples to just say i was never a good w2 employee so in my last w2 job um i i i was in a program you know through the bank um where 
I, you know, was going in these rotations, learning and growing and just, it just was not a fit. Um, the, they wanted me to learn quicker than I was learning. Um, and again, all these different things happened. So <laughs> that's, that's my W2 journey. That's I, I never felt like I fit in. I always had these gifts for sales and relationships. Um, when it came to like the eight to the nine to five clock in and out in that, you know, clocked in time, it was very hard for me to just like jump when someone told me to jump, uh, you know, do what someone says when they tell you to do it. And that was a real struggle for me. So when I finally, right. So then I lost that, those jobs finally got into real estate um, because I'm my own boss. I do what I want when I want. Now, sometimes that means work 20 hours a day. <laughs> um, for my clients, but, and, and so I think the, the overall point is, you know, wherever you are, if you're listening to this and you're feeling frustrated or depressed, like I, I would encourage you to question, maybe I'm not in the right role, right? Do I need to build something? Do I need to create something? What, what is that answer? I would encourage you to kind of like see. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to like, uh, Jim Collins talking about being in the right seat on the bus, you know, are we in that right position or that right role mm -hmm. um, yeah. how did how did you know not fitting in right you're like hey i see this stuff and you've got people mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. hey not now you know or go do this and you're questioning and kind of going like this is not mm -hmm. efficient how did that impact you personally as far as like what are you what are you thinking about how capable you are does that make sense? <laughs> oh, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, man, and, and you know a little bit, um, I, like I, I had a lot of questions and doubts, right? Um, so after I lost my last W-2, I basically went into a, a very bad, like downward spiral, suicidal, depressed state because, and I think a lot of it, was yes how the job made me feel how losing my job made me feel um by my last w2 man i had lost so many jobs that i literally would go in to meet with managers at jobs and be like am i getting fired today and and like i was totally serious and they're like no like things are fine why like we're just having a meeting and I'm like, I'm telling you because it's sort of like a bad breakup. I was so jaded from previous jobs. And then I had jobs like I won Chick-fil-A. Literally, I said, am I getting fired? And they're like, no, you're doing a great job. Six days later, they fired me. <laughs> and this was I didn't rob from the cash register. I didn't like. <laughs> and so you're so jaded that you start to think I really am not good at anything. <laughs> Right. And mm -hmm. that goes back to like the fish, you know, if judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree, I really started to believe you don't have any value. You don't have any skills. Um, There were a lot of right judgmental people and judgmental comments. Um, When I lost my last W2, um, my, my wife was pregnant at the time with our son, who's now almost three. So imagine the feeling you lose your job. You're, you're, you feel like your one job is to provide for your family. Now you don't have a job. Um, yeah, there, there were a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. Um, but I always write and the whole depression and suicidal, like that stuff sucks, man. And it's so real and you need people to encourage you and you need to, 
see people out. But I, I think I always, there was the small piece, even when I was like barely holding on, there was a small, tiny piece that said like, if you just find your niche, you will crush it. You will do so well and you'll love what you do and you'll wake up excited. You just have to find that niche. Um, I remember, and we talked a little bit about it, like it's been worked out, but I had family members um, say to me, maybe it's time to like give up on your dream. Uh, you know, I, even when I became a realtor, I got six, seven, eight months in, maybe it's time to give up on your dream of becoming a realtor. And I'm like, how dare you? Like that wasn't even the dream. It just sort of happened because I couldn't keep another job that right. The job for so long was being an operator of a Chick-fil-A. But, and, and so I had to let it go, get over it, for, forgive. That's that's probably the hardest part to forgive someone when they don't even know how they've hurt you, man. Um but I always, man, my wife, she's a freaking saint, dude. Like she always said, I believe in you. I have faith. I like, I, um, you know, I know that you'll take care of us. I, you're a very hard worker. Um, you just, she, you know, she was a champ. So mm -hmm. she saw something. So I like, she was that one person that was like, um, believing in me. So, but I just knew, man, if I got in the right role, if I gave myself time, right. I even knew joining real estate. They said, save up enough money <laughs> that you won't make any for a year or two. Now, I didn't have any money to save because I love, but, but so, yeah, I, I just think the thing is you need people around you that are cheering for you, right? That's why I love TLF, man. Like mm -hmm. it's a hundred entrepreneurs and we're all rooting for each other and we're all a phone call or text or whatever way. Hey, I'm encouraging you. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, what, like whatever it is. Um, but you gotta have i i think that's dude if, if i've learned anything in two years it's how big community is right so big in a post-covid world in a my post w2 man community you need it you have to have it you were created to be in community with people hi coach mike here hey thanks so much for listening to the living fearless today podcast Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, Head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, so if if I was in your place, you know, we're talking about 2019, how would you have, how would you have encouraged me to listen to that small voice? Like you were, you were hearing that voice back then. How would you encourage me to like lean into it, to listen to it and to persevere rather than kind of just going, I don't feel like I fit in, you know, cause I've been in that place and it's really disparaging. Um, you know, what would you, what would you say to me, John? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing, and I, and I totally believe this is that everyone has 
gifts and abilities. Um, as I've built out my entrepreneurial journey, like I've learned so much, right? From TLF, from Vincent, like there is a skill. I'm getting chills even thinking about this. There is a skill that people have probably told you listening to this for years, you should do this. And you're like, no, no, I can't make money. I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend and she is so good. Um, she makes a lot of the signs I do for my real estate clients when they buy a house, like a gift for them at settlement. I'm like, you should open an Etsy store. No, I could never do that. No, I da 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 da. No. And I'm just like, we all need to listen to the people around us who know us and love us and care about us. Mm-hmm. I, if I have one regret, man, in, in this whole journey now, I, I believe that the Lord kind of guides through the ups and the downs, right? Like things I learned in re- that, you know, things in real estate, I took something from Chick-fil-A banking, working at a limousine company. I've had 500 jobs. So, you know, a lot things from every job, helped me be a better realtor. But I also wish if I had one regret, I should have been 18 and gotten my real estate license instead of, you know, 10, 12 years after that. Um, But listen to the people around you. People would tell me, John, you have gifts at sales. John, you have gifts at relationships. Dude, if that isn't like real estate, like, okay, you're good at sales. You're good at relationships. We have these two uh, bottles. We pour them in. Boom, you're a realtor, right? (laughs) Like, that's what it is. That's what it is, man. Um, Now, again, sales and relationships could be I sell cars. or But you need to, like, hear those people and just find someone you need. I felt like on those tough days, man, just my wife encouraging me. She would call, man, and be like, are you awake? Are you alive? Like, really concerned that I wasn't. Um, and reminded me, dude, she would say, I love you. And I'm so proud of you, right? That was enough. And so I think if it's your spouse, if it's a friend, if it's an accountability partner, whatever it is, just listen to that one person encouraging you, um, right? Mike, that's why you do what you do, right? You coach people because they need someone to encourage them. Um, so there will... (laughs) I'll add this. This isn't really part of the question. There will always be doubters. When I paid off my house, I had people making comments. When I, when my wife stayed home, I had people making comments. I love that face you're making because you're like, why the heck? Because I'm just people, in disbelief, like you're accomplishing something. How can somebody doubt? You know what I mean? Like, I had a conversation yesterday with, uh, well, <laughs> siblings of mine. And literally the conversation was like, I don't want to come across as cocky. And I was like, they make, right? People are jealous. People, usually the people like that, that are doubting me, you know, I I had someone once tell me like, well, all you care about is your clients and how much money you're making. And you see what I post on Facebook for real estate. I never say I'm so amazing. It's always, I I try to be very humble. Uh, Congratulations to the client. Here's their story. Thank you for everyone who helped the lender title, et cetera. And then I'll put hat. I was honored to be a small part in the process. Really, if I was cocky, I'd be like, I did an amazing job. I was such a huge part of finding them this house. But what I've learned, Mike, and the point is there will always be doubters. Normally, the doubters are behind you and jealous. Mm. And and that, again, I don't want that to sound cocky, right? But normally, the doubters are behind you 
and they're jealous of the success you have. You know, Vincent, who leads our community and does an amazing job, he said on your show, right? Like you had an amazing episode with him. He said, I had family members that doubted us when we started our business. I still have family members. And so you almost have to like, again, hard, forgive them, let it go and realize you have gifts. What are your gifts? And that's why, Mike, that's why the work you do is so amazing and life-changing because, hey, you can coach someone who's been depressed, anxious, whatever. You can help them through that. You can walk them through like their spiritual gifts, their personality profile, profile, all those things to discover their purpose. And I think that stuff is very important. Yeah. And that was something that I lacked for so long that it's, you know, I've walked the path. I get it. And possessing it, understanding our value and our worth is, is absolutely life changing. And, um, I think what's interesting, like you're talking about, you know, people still being doubters and naysayers. I think that came up, um, for me most when I was upsetting the apple cart, right? It's almost as if like our friends and our family, like we play a specific role, almost like it's a sitcom or a movie or something like that. And when we step out of character, it disrupts those relationships and the, the, the place that they have. And so it, it's just, it's disruptive. And when you do that, it's going to, it's going to create that. But I'm like, you just, you paid off your house. <laughs> how, can, how can somebody doubt? But yeah, I understand on that, man. And I would say too, um, you know, I, I've often learned that the people I'm very cautious about the advice that I take. Now, that doesn't mean I I never listen to anyone, but if someone's going to talk to me about money, it's not going to be someone. It's going to be Dave Ramsey. It's going to be someone who's managing money. Well, like, you know, Vincent's done really great. They pay their they have a year of expenses in the bank that they keep there. So their bills are paid for the next year. I'm I'm listening to someone like that. I'm not listening to someone that's like got six hundred dollar a month car leases and renting and and this and that. Um, And I think another thing, and I I know, I know we're both people of faith. I think everyone, there's a great book by Craig Groeschel called Chazone. And I say the word wrong, but it's basically a Greek word that basically means a God-given like dream or dream slash vision slash purpose. And so the book talks about like, find your Chazone. What is it? And so I would encourage everyone listening, whether you're a person of faith or you're not, I think the book is amazing. And it's just so true that you have a God-given purpose. What is that one thing that you were put on this earth to do? And if you feel hopeless and depressed, and me and Mike have both been there, but if you can really identify your purpose and your gifts and you live in that, right? Like, Mike, I know you and I know that like you get up and you're excited to help men and coach you are and so like i'm excited to help coach my you know my real my clients in real estate transactions um the realtors in my community the people on my podcast i wake up psyched for that so what is the work what is that mission that you would wake up psyched for i think so many people and you know this isn't just like a w2 hate thing it's it's not but i think so many people um, are not willing to bet on themselves when like, I mean, the freedom we've experienced, you know, that God's blessed us with 
two years ago, I didn't, I thought I would foreclose on my house, man. It, it can shift very quickly if, but you've got to be willing to take that step. What is that step for you? Yeah. Um, and, and you can have just an amazing purpose within a W2 position. I mean, it's like, I've got friends that a thousand percent. Yeah. Yes. And you can provide value there. You can do encouragement. You can uplift people. I mean, that was one of the things like when I was doing um, consulting with an IT, I loved coming into a department and, yes. and not being the threat. You know, it's like when you're when you're in a team, you can see somebody as a threat because it's like, well, there's that position and here's my pay and I, you're in the way of my income. <laughs> and so I'm not yeah. that threat. And I could I could have conversations with people on their professional and their personal life and be able to invest and encourage them. And and it's just, um, you know, the the fulfillment that you can have when you're doing something that you enjoy and you're talking about mm -hmm. having your value and your purpose and having it aligned. Um, yeah. If it's within corporate and, but you're doing it fantastic, do your best in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you left that last job and you know, like then you're, you're starting out, you get your realtor's license. Was it like all, um, all of a sudden, you know, just kind of, things go into a success gear or did you have to like really push through and persevere or what did, what did things look like for you when you made that change? Yeah. Well, it was not instant success. <laughs> um, so I got licensed um, and our son was born four days later. So it was a lot of transition for our family, right? First time parents, real estate, all at the same time. I did not sell a house my first check came 10 months later, right? So that would kind of take us to that two years ago, you know, July, August, right? I So those first 10 months, so I was licensed August 28th, um, 20, 2019. And then basically, yeah, so 2020 was my first check, right? As COVID was happening. So it was not instant success. Um, it it was hard. It was a struggle, Um and, and and yeah, so so no, it was not. Um, what I did learn, and I'll try not to get on a soapbox here, but what I learned was the power of social media in my business. So I when I got licensed, I had one client who got referred to me that November. So I've been licensed uh three months at this point. I remember talking to them on Thanksgiving Day because they were traveling, and I'm like, oh, I have a client, this is like the greatest thing in my life. <laughs> like amazed. Long story short, I then spent six months showing that client 63 homes. They were in between states and areas. Anyway, long story. But what I learned, so I started posting on social media because what I've learned is if you're not posting on social media about your business, you're dead. The people on social media don't know about your business. So I started posting on social media and probably about a month or two months into that. So we're like, what, December, January at this point. Um, somebody, I had a few people start saying, whoa, dude, you're really crushing in the real estate business. You're like killing it. And I'm and I'm thinking now, again, that imposter syndrome, it, I'm like, dude, I'm literally about to lose my house. Dude, I'm like, I'm making no money. But what I learned in that moment and those moments was 
the people on social media didn't realize, oh, you're showing houses, you're not making money, right? That I would say, out showing houses, out showing houses, out showing houses. They would see me with this client. Now, I didn't say I only have one client, right? I just shared, you know, some information, but not the whole everything and not dishonest. But um, I would say, out showing houses today. Here's my Starbucks. I'm out at a house drinking my Starbucks and showing houses, doing what I love. What I learned was the perception that can happen, right? I wasn't dishonest, um, right? But I didn't say, hey, guys, we're going broke. Help. Here's a GoFundMe. Pay, pay off my house. Like, give me, pay my mortgage. But um, I, I just posted on social media about my business. My business started to grow. Um, by the time that that first settlement finally happened in April, <laughs> right? Um, then we were, um, it, I suddenly had business coming in. I had people reaching out to me. Why? Because since August, so six, seven, eight months now, I've posted about real estate multiple times a week, and it looks like I am crushing it. <laughs> I sold two houses my first year, two houses, okay? It was like $10,000, uh, maybe a little, yeah, regardless, it, it was not a lot of money. I think, uh, I think, you know, my first 10 months I made Geez, it probably was ten thousand, and then you know I, I sold five. My you know my twelfth, my eleventh month in, in that August. Um, but all that to say, social media was so powerful for my business, and many of us have businesses like that. It just grew, and and then once it started that summer, I remember I had five settlements that August. So like the my I want my one year anniversary, um, and then you're posting sold. Happy client. Look at this great review, blah, blah, blah. And once you start doing that, um, there's an emotional response, right? Like when I post stuff, it's intentional. When I post the stories, people love stories and they're like, oh, I want to have an experience like that. Right. We were just talking about, you know, someone that, you know, that's trying to trying to look for realtors. And it's just it's just about being a storyteller and building relationships with people. And if you can do that, you can have success. And so. So no, the success was not instant. It was, it was a journey. It was draining, but I started even with in the first few months, you know, open houses I was doing. Now you don't make any money at open houses. You're just sitting there praying. <laughs> Clients come in that aren't represented by a realtor, but I, but that's the perception, right? The perception is, oh, you're hosting open houses. Oh, you have a showing. You're crushing it. Um, and so. I, I think the reason I share all this is for anyone out there who struggles on social media, I just would encourage you, like, people don't know about your business if you don't share it. Um, and so whatever you're doing, you, again, you have that God-given purpose that you're supposed to be here for. And it's fine to tell people about that. Um, you know, Vincent often, he he said once on, on a call, he uh, he he will say you're being selfish if you have a gift and you can help people you are being selfish by not telling people we almost think of it in reverse we're like well if i tell people i'm being cocky well no i there are 1400 realtors in my county dude and let me just tell you about a thousand of them aren't nice people and <laughs> like you know so i have an obligation to do, to do what I do and to share what I do because I want you to work with a realtor that's honest, has integrity, is going to do right by you. Um, 
we I got a review recently and it said cares more about the relationship than the commission. And they wrote that because that's not normal for a realtor, right? They're always trying to max out your budget. And I'm not trying to chew my horn. My, my point is this. You have an obligation to share what you're doing, right? Your coaching is so important that people need to know about it. My my coaching realtors and my um, you know social media stuff and my real estate business, I have an, ob- an obligation to share that with people and give them the option to work with a realtor that's going to have integrity, care about them, care about the relationship, those kinds of things. So <laughs> no, it was not instant success. It was a long journey, but God blessed it. And, and I'm very thankful. And now it's like I'm drinking from a fire hose two years later, man, just trying to, <laughs> you know, keep up and uh, yeah, do all those things. So it was definitely a journey. Well, I want to ask one last question. You talked about, you know, working a 20 hour day. Are mm-hmm. you working like 20 hour days consistently in order to have the success? I mean, or is it like, hey, the 20 hours are kind of the exception? You know, that's part of the part of the realtor life. It kind of ebbs and flows as far as what's required. And you're just, you know, yeah. fulfilling those one offs. Yeah, great question. I, I think in in real estate, things often happen in cycles. So um in so in my business, so two years ago, 2020, my first full-time year. So I got licensed the August before 2019. My first full year, January to December of 2020, I did 10 transactions. This May and June here of 2022, so last couple months, I did nine. So I basically did in two months a year's worth of work two years ago. So it was a little crazy, but all that to say, the longer I'm in my business, um, I work with higher dollar clients, right? So I listed a home that was 1.3 or one, whatever million. Um, that was a $33,000 check, right? And then there were splits and everybody gets paid, but that was a nice check. All that to say, the longer you're in the business, that you get more quicker and more efficient. Um, you work with higher dollar clients, um, quicker and more efficient. Like I can, if you were to say, Hey, I want to write an offer on this property. Boom. I could probably have it done in 30 minutes. Two years ago, it probably would have taken me four hours. Right. Um, so you get quicker and more efficient. Um, you learn what is the, what's worth your time and investment. Um, so what I do now is a lot of meetings and building relationships. I spend um, now my heart is to help realtors. So a lot of my time each week easy isn't even with clients um, because I have enough clients. And, you know, again, God blesses that and it could be gone tomorrow, but I have enough clients. So now I get to do the stuff I love, right, which is coaching realtors and helping them with social media and things like that. But there are long days, right? You know, I, I have long days, but for the most part, most of the time my day starts in the afternoon, right? I can be home in the morning with my kids and my family um, because a lot of my right people that look at homes are normally working a nine to five job. They'll look in the evenings. Um, we've learned to, and my, again, my wife's a saint, we've adjusted, right? So a lot of the things that everybody is doing on the weekends to go have fun, we're like, let's go on a Wednesday afternoon because nobody's going to be there and we have the place to ourselves. Um, so I think just like any job, man, there's trade-offs. Right. While 
while people that are working W-2s are home on a Saturday night or maybe they're at a movie with their family, I'm usually working, but I get to do stuff during the week. I have flexibility. Um, there's a local amusement park here in Lancaster called Dutch Wonderland, and uh, it's for kids, really. And we go multiple times a week because we can. Like, we just, we can go. Um, so, no, oh, wait, that's where I was, Mike, when I was texting you from the boat. <laughs> that's why you were laughing. Guys, I was texting Mike on a boat one day, like, what's up, bro? And he's like, are you with your family? And I'm like, we're here like three times a week. But <laughs> all that to say, man, there is a lot of, you know, like anything, it has trade-offs. Yeah. There are long days. There are days where I'm like, mm, I don't have to work today or I'll record podcast episodes and work like an hour or two and then go hang out with my kids outside. So um, any like anything, it has its ups, it has its downs. But I love the freedom, right? You know about this. We're going to you know, Florida this spring for five weeks. I will work almost every day. I'll probably answer a couple emails, record a podcast episode, do some interviews, be on TLF calls. And then I'll be able to walk outside and spend 10 hours with my, with my family. Um, So it's a lot, but I love it. I've been so thankful for God, for how God has blessed what I'm doing and continue to just be thankful again, lots of hard work, lots of just trusting him to continue guiding and and growing what I'm doing. Um, But I wouldn't trade it for anything, man. It's, it's a ton of fun. Like I said, I wish I would have done it 12 years prior but I'm so thankful I'm doing it now. Yeah. You got, you got skills that you may not have through those different positions. So, and, uh, dude, you've, you've Mm -hmm. definitely like Vincent had talked about, you've built that bridge and continuing to build Mm -hmm. that bridge towards the Island. So, well, John, Mm -hmm. my friend, thank you so very much for coming and sharing, um, all that you have, both the insights about, Hey, listen to that voice, listen to what people are telling you. You know, and then, um, you know, just in, in being on the same page financially with your, with your wife, because it's like, otherwise there's a lot of animosity and strife. So John, um, how can, how can people reach out to you outside of this podcast? Yeah. Well, Mike, first of all, love you, bro. And seriously, I love what you're doing. Your show's amazing. How you help people and encourage them is awesome. So thank you for what you're doing. And thanks for your time. Um, Yeah, the best place to really find me, I'm on all the socials, John Shookman, you'll find me. I'm the dorky looking guy. Um, Besides that, the (laughs) besides that, you can check out the real estate survival guide.com. It'll have uh, information there about membership and what I'm doing. My podcast is there as well. You can also search real estate survival guide, Spotify, Google, um, Apple podcast, wherever you listen to stuff. Um, after you've listened to me for this long, I don't know why you would want to listen to me again, but if you do, you can check me out there. <laughs> As like Mike said at the beginning, I love, uh, dude, I think, I think seriously though, humor is medicine. I love, you yes. know, I bust on you and I also, I give it, I can take it. And I think there's like, a, I mean, I think that's big, right? Yeah. You know, I think being able to like, also like make fun of yourself, it, you know, you don't take yourself too seriously. Like yeah. I don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> um, and I'd encourage other people to, so yeah, real estate survival guide, uh, the real estate survival guide.com. Mike, appreciate you, bro. And, and thanks for everything. Thank you, my friend. I'm totally honored. You're welcome. Thanks so much, my friend for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility 
so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode, and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.